that that was well here we go uh well here we go i guess you could continue on or not continue because obviously no one's gonna hear what you just said <laughs> but i mean you can take it from wherever you think i guess from i guess start to finish or from from wherever you feel more comfortable i don't know um i guess uh so my brother my brother has autism um, and growing up, we didn't always have the best resources for him because some of the schools, they really weren't prepared to handle something like that. Um, so they might have like special ed teachers were more for like physically disabled kids and they didn't necessarily know how to handle mentally disabled kids. Um, but then the other issue is that, you know, autism is a learning disability, but most people who are autistic or at least like higher functioning autistic kids, uh, like they're still intelligent, they just can't communicate very well. Um, so they need help learning and they need help speaking, but they still understand the concepts very well. Mm -hmm. um, so we ended up with this, you know, fairly intelligent kid who was being put in these special ed classes and just not really taught anything. Um, was this part of the public system or was this... Yeah. So we're specifically, I guess, not, I mean, you don't have to obviously be like, hey, this school did this, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually grew up in one of the poorest counties in the U.S., um, which most people would not think, <laughs> like, if you don't know me very well. Um, we grew up in, it's Orange County, um, Virginia, which nobody's ever heard of. I mean, normally when I hear just that name, Orange County is either attached to the, the the, there was a crew, well, they still do it, Orange County, the bike gang, pretty much. Or not the bike gang, that they make, uh, they work on bikes, pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what comes, or, yeah. Well, well, yeah, I don't know exactly where they're, they're at, because I can't even remember, I haven't seen their episodes in a while, but regardless. But it also just, when, well, to me, when I hear that name, it sounds like more of a, a neighborhood, or more of a, a, a city, or a, what is it, a city, right? Pretty much, it's no. a... Yeah, it's not even a city, it's so what is middle it? of nowhere. Uh, um, so it sounds like it's predominantly white, pretty much. No. no really? <laughs> we were the only white family in the whole neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually grew up in a pretty much entirely black neighborhood uh, in the South, in the Bible Belts, like in the country. I know, and like looking at me or, or talking to me, you'd never guess that, right? No. Like normally, things. what I normally hear is like, she's a little off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I thought that because sometimes we would talk and you just be laughing. I'd be like, oh, she okay? But the funny thing is, the more that I saw it, the more kind of intrigued. I'm like, I actually want to get to know what type of person that is. Because I'm the type of person, and if you've noticed from the stuff that I do, it's like, just because I see a homeless person, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's a fiend, he's a drug addict. No, I'm yeah. actually, I want to have a conversation with the person. And see how I could be of service or how you could be of service. And you were, or I mean, anybody would pretty much. But my point is that you're talking about autism and my sister pretty much is working in the public school systems too with, with kids that have autism and some sort of disability or learning disabilities. And I've been telling her to get on here because, you know, some people might want to hear her perspective since she, she has a, a degree in, I think, is psychology. Yeah. I think, I can't remember which one it is. But yeah, she has a degree and she's looking at it also and observing it every single day. So every day it might seem like a, like a tedious task, but it's pretty much you're memorizing, not memorizing, but you're keeping a record and you're seeing these different experiences, which later on then you could kind of either transcribe or either through audio you can 
just pretty much speak about it and people can help. But that's who I'm hoping to get in one of my future podcasts is my sister, just so she yeah. can talk about that. And hopefully, I mean, I can send it to you. And if maybe I could shed light, shed a light in a different, I mean, give you a different perspective or help you in some way. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a lot of perspective um, because I've lived in a lot of different places and a lot of different socioeconomic classes. Actually, let me not, let me not get too far because <laughs> you said you were living on in, in an all-black neighborhood. Did yeah. you get, was there like, or I guess reverse racism, if you want to call it a racism or... Yeah, like it's always a difficult topic to talk about because like me being, you know well-spoken, now independently wealthy, successful white woman and talking about, like, racism, it's a touchy thing. Um, and a lot of people tell me, like, reverse racism isn't a real thing, it doesn't exist, and I don't want to get into, like, the specifics <laughs> of that, but, because um, that's not for me to say, but, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I experienced a lot of racial based prejudice and I mean and I say that is because it's just in the just in, in me from me growing up and I'm Hispanic and the majority of around the time when I arrived they were all Hispanics they were Puerto Rican but they would still discriminate against me because I wasn't Puerto Rican it was because I was Dominican and I mean I'm not gonna say this was the reason but why but I, it was always made to seem like it's because a lot of Dominicans go to the Puerto Rican island and they're kind of like similar to how Mexicans are coming into the U.S. and how Americans feel like, oh, you guys are coming to take our jobs. You're working for less. You're about to store in the economy, all of these other yeah. reasons. But whatever they I think when because well, Dominicans do go over there illegally a lot. And that's probably why they also feel that way. So I'm guessing through either generations or either, you know, when when pretty much their parents transfer over, then they just feed that into Puerto Rican kids, just like when it comes to the Dominicans, Dominicans kind of look at Haitians a different way. Like, oh, no, they're blah, blah, blah. You know, they're pretty racist, actually. And But a lot of them won't admit it, but there is a lot of racism. And even within my, my family, like when you were darker, you... Like, I used to mess with my sister because she was the darkest one. I love her, I love, but I still used to mess with her all the time just because she was the darker one. And I feel like, in, in I guess, in the African-American community... Yeah, sometimes they'll do that to the lighter skinned ones, like because I guess there's some sort of issue, there's some sort of anger, or some just some issue we're not dealing with. But after I started noticing that, I, I kind of stopped doing that, and I'm trying to stay away from that because that's pretty much not helping her. What it might have been a joke for me or funny, it was it probably didn't. She didn't like it at all. So, yeah. and I just did it to annoy her. So, but yeah. I mean, there, there's there's definitely a lot of issues with like cultural cultural issues and how they impact your self-esteem I think um and like one of the things that I noticed early on because like I lived in an all-black neighborhood but the school that I went to was about half black half white and so like I would be in my neighborhood getting bullied by the black kids and then I'd go to school and get bullied by the white kids <laughs> and like I'm, I'm like all right race is not actually the issue right now um, and that, that kind of gave me a lot of perspective on, like, people who are racist, I don't think they actually care. Like, I don't think most of them actually care about race or put much value in race. I think they're just angry. Yeah. Um, and I think that anger is universal and everybody has their outlet. Like, there's always going to be a socially acceptable way to beat people up. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, when I was growing up, the socially acceptable thing was, oh, it's this skinny little white girl, let's beat her up. Um, but, you know, later on, when I was in other neighborhoods, it was, oh, it's that poor girl with the bad hair, or, like, oh, it's that, you know, that weird girl who doesn't quite fit in. And like you said, people still to this day, oh, she's a little off. And I think a lot of people use that as an excuse. You know, they use anything as an excuse to put somebody in a bubble and say, you're other. Yeah, but like I was telling you, I, I, I mean, and I'll tell you straight about that, you are off, but that's what makes you more interesting. <laughs> And that's to me, I'm like, okay, uh, sometimes I would be like, okay, why is she doing that? Or why is she just <laughs> laughing out of nowhere? Or just just things that I, that I found that aren't common. And I guess that's why I would say, hey, that's how. And that's why I, like I said, was intrigued. So I'm like, let me, let me talk to her to see actually how she is. But we never got a chance to actually talk because, well, we were going through zip code. So. Yeah. And it wasn't, hey, here, me, to become friends with everyone. It was just, hey, try to get this done, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really stressful thing. And I think, like, I didn't react very well under stress sometimes socially. Because, <laughs> like, I'm not the best social person. Um, so I have to really put in effort, like, in a social situation. And part of that is, like, growing up with such a weird background. And, like, between that neighborhood and, like, also... Like, uh, my family were kind of hippies, and then, like, I actually spent time on a hippie commune as a kid, too. What? So, it was just wild, and so, like, sometimes for me, trying to socialize is just a minefield, because I'm like, what is going on? Didn't you say, or I don't know if I, you said it or someone else, because it was, like, supposedly a naked camp, and everybody oh, was walking. Oh, no, that so. was... And that was like Tariq made that up. Mm -hmm. Like he made up that story. <laughs> he always does. Yeah. Like it was he was exaggerating it from something else that I said, but like then he just he thought it was so funny and he started telling everyone. Yeah, he used to exaggerate everybody's story. And I just used to go along with it anyway, which is why he I guess didn't do it to me as much. Which I wanted him to do it as much. <laughs> I wanted the attention. I wanted him to start yeah. talking. But he, he didn't want to engage. No, he knew you could handle it, though. <laughs> yeah, then that that pretty, that pretty much sucked. But I guess on, on another thing, what I would like to say is I don't know because normally people say I'm rude and I'm an ass and I'm always blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But if, uh, if I ever did anything to piss you off or if I knew, like, that wasn't the intention. I wasn't trying to directly be an asshole to you no. or or trying to be rude at all. I mean, between, like, the hippies and everything, I'm extremely laid back, <laughs> so, like, there's not really a lot you could say to offend me, mm -hmm. um, or you'd have to know specifically which buttons to press, um, but, like, I mean, that was why Tariq kept pushing me, because he was like, okay, like, he thought I was going to be easy, right? Like, oh, it's this, you know, pretty little girl, she's probably going to cry, and, like, every time he tried to embarrass me in front of people, I just turned it around on him. <laughs> And, like, by the end of the cohort, he just said, all right, you scare me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a compliment. I like Which that. Which is, I mean, hey, it's just, you do not really understand by men. And that's, that's again, that's pretty much the odd part. Which now I'm trying to remember. I was going to ask you a specific question. Oh, about pretty much transition. Now transitioning into, what, what were you doing before, I guess, the whole... Because you, similar to me, you did some a boot camp, let's say. So what were you doing before the boot camp, and what are you pretty much doing now? Yeah, um, before the boot camp, I was, I was really struggling for a lot of years. Um, 
I've been living on my own for quite a while, but just, like, I didn't have a college degree, couldn't afford it, um, didn't have, like, healthcare, didn't have a lot of things, and it was really hard to find work, so I ended up starting my own business, um, and I did, like, marketing and graphic design work, and that was cool, like, I actually managed to get it off the ground, and after a little time, I managed to live off of that for a couple of years, um, but I was, you know, I was making like 30k a year, and then out of that, like a third of it went to taxes, because mm-hmm. it's small business owners really have it rough in this country. Um, so that that was just not a viable long term solution. I'm like, what what am I going to do next? So then I guess the question, since you said that, what if someone wanted to use your skills or wanted to use you? What what can you offer? What how could you help? Because I mean, well, yeah, how could you help? Like, let's say me, for example, I'm trying to pretty much, like, well, you obviously see I'm trying to, like, push a music, not push a message, but trying to spread a message and spread a certain awareness. Yeah. So what would you, how would you help me, or how could you help me? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I did a lot, was trying to help small business owners and local people trying to start things. Um, So, you know, I would say... Uh, organize. I mean, organizing your thoughts, organizing your plan is the most important thing. So, you know, what is the, what is the message? What is the target audience? Um, what is your goal? Um, and then research other people doing the same things and say, all right, what, you know, what's the length of this guy's podcast and what sort of interviews do they do? And what are people succeeding in already? Mm-hmm. And then model what you're doing after that. Uh, and the best thing is just write everything down. Um, so one of the most important and overlooked things in, in starting a business is planning, uh, creating like a spreadsheet and saying like, here is my actual business model. Here's what I'm going to do now. Here's the research to back it up. Here's what I'm going to do five years from now, 10 years from now and how I can expand. Um, and when looking into like potential investors, that's a really important part too. Um, but even just doing something in nonprofit, it's still incredibly important to have a plan. Mm-hmm. So pretty much have, Hey, what am I doing in a certain amount of months within a year, within two years or like for pretty much every year you would say, cause I guess when I, some people just don't think about it that long, like I haven't, I literally have. And doing this for two, not even two weeks. It's been almost a whole week, but I've managed to get a whole, a lot of people to pretty much spread, talk about their experiences and their message. And I guess I don't know. I'm going. I'm just going. Well, not day by day, but I'm always contacting people and trying to say, "Hey, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you?" And so far, I managed now to talk to a barber. I love the local barber, and in pretty much well, my old neighborhood. And he's the, he's the pretty much the owner. So I'm going to interview him, you know, and just on his experience in the Latin community. And my hopes is since he's a barber, you know, he has a lot of connections and a lot of, cause everybody, especially in the Latin community and the, and the African American community, a lot of people go to the barbers and that's one of the resources in the neighborhood where I could pretty much make it like that, let's say. But I'm hoping that, you know, once I record it and he's going to be pretty much the one handing the business cards to his employees which is pretty much the work that I just made, and I'm going to also do the same. So, again, now I have someone else helping me. Yeah. And I guess that's as far as I've gotten. I'm like, okay. And now, But now I'm also thinking, like, I want to interview churches. Because now, since I talked to the homeless person, 
And he told me, oh, yeah, the churches come out and they do give us resources. Now I want to talk to the person that's bringing the resources because I want to find out what those resources are. Yeah. So that's the second thing that I want to do. But again, I want to also get the visual. So now I'm like, okay, let me just get a tripod and I don't have a camera, but I'm going to use my phone, which has a good camera anyway. And once, you know, once things get move on a little more faster or I get a little more success or whatever, once I, cause I'm trying to, uh, become a business or actually I'm not even sure how that would work within my position and me trying to file for a business or some or license. Um, I guess I have to find that out. Yeah. I mean, talk to HR for sure. Um, yeah, well, one of the things, like, I noticed that you have a lot of ideas of, mm-hmm. like, people you want to talk to and things you want to talk about, um, but have you considered, like, what's what's the goal? Like, who are they talking to? Who do you want your listeners well, to? Well, they're talking to pretty much the Spanish community and probably also the the African-American community. Those are pretty much, the, pretty much my neighborhood where I kind of grew up. And it's just to tell them, hey, because I'm also not, I keep piling up saying all the things I'm doing, because I'm also doing like Spanish tutorial. Well, I did a, a Spanish tutorial for pretty much coding or similar. It's like simulating what they would give you pre pre the boot camp. That's cool. So I'm doing it in Spanish and I'm going to just go, because right now what happened was, was my brother-in-law wanted to learn so i was like hey let me just upload this and any questions you have just comment on it so that's what i'm starting with and then it's it's funny because i bring it up to a spanish meeting and within my where i'm working at and now they want to kind of use that as some sort of resource so let's see how how, where this pretty much leads me but my whole end goal is i just want to be resource a resource for the community and and just pretty much just show different perspectives and what's available. Because when I was, and I say this all the time, when I was growing up, I, I didn't know what was available. Yeah. I didn't see anything. So that's what I'm, I'm I don't want another me in 20 in something years. Or I don't want my son to ever go pretty much not have the resources he needs. Yeah. So I'm trying to help my family and everybody else's family if possible. Yeah. I think that that's a really cool goal. And like, always, always keep that in the back of your mind. Like I'm doing this for people to gain these resources. Um, cause like sometimes, you know, things will get further and further away from the message and you get distracted and it happens with every business and every, everything. Like we always get distracted by something. Um, but just like continually remembering like, this is who I'm doing this for and why, uh, I think can be really powerful and helpful. Um, and that, that's something that I'm very passionate about as well is helping people who don't necessarily have that many resources to try to figure it out. Cause we do, I mean, we live in, in a country, I believe with the most socioeconomic class changes. So like it is so easy compared to other countries for people to come from poverty and become middle-class or come from middle-class and become upper-class. Um, and we have the most self-made billionaires of any country easily. Uh, a third of all the billionaires in the U.S. grew up poor. And it's funny because it's all about your mind and what you want to do. Because me, I just was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I always kind of thought about it, but I was always scared to do it. But then when I started doing it, then now here I am days later and I have like more than 20 recordings and 
And I'm like, okay, so I kind of enjoyed this. And the funny thing is, because I'm doing a, now I'm, I'm also trying to help people like in the Spanish, over there in the Dominican Republic, because some people have seen the videos and now they're like, like certain, like let's say he's supposedly a Spanish rapper, now he wants to talk to me. But regardless of what his goals are, I'm going to try to give him a positive message and be like, hey, what are you doing other than this? Like what happens if this doesn't work? Okay, maybe you should think about that as well. Or maybe I can put him on to the tutorial I'm give, I'm doing, and he's probably 19, and within a year or so, who knows where that could take him. He could probably build an application that could help the, the Dominican Republic or could yeah. help some of the islands. I actually, uh, the other day, uh, a guy who's a volunteer locally with the food banks came up to me, and he said, oh, you're a programmer, I have this cool idea. Uh, and I said, great, I'm always looking for new ideas, how can I help? And basically what he was telling me was that uh, a lot of food banks, uh, you know, they're run out of churches or like very small organizations and they get calls over the phone from elderly people who may be hearing impaired and say, you know, I need help, um, I need food. And they have dietary restrictions and these people are basically just writing it down on a piece of paper somewhere. And so it's like, they're not really... That's a perfect introduction. Well, not introduction, but that's a perfect... I mean, you could use blockchain for that, yeah. pretty much. I mean, you could use anything. Well, yeah, that. you can. And I mean, I mean, I just say blockchain because pretty much it's, it's going to be everywhere and no one has really control of it. That's yeah. the only reason. And it's immutable, so you can't really fudge the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really worried about people hacking into a food bank, but... Like, yeah. Yeah, but... But I mean, it's... Well, yeah, actually, let's... I'm, I almost made it about blockchain, but like, <laughs> let's not even get into it. But okay, yeah. Uh, but actually, I'm going to stop it here, and... I mean, we'll see, I guess, after, if we can do a part two or... Yeah. Let's see. Sure. I'll pop it out.